0: This This. 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 is the Crime Board Crime Board Podcast. You're listening. You're listening. To the Crime Board Podcast.
1: This is the Crime Board Podcast. With Sam West.
0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Crime Board Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things crime fiction. So yeah, as you've noticed, it's been a month and a bit um, since I have released any episodes. Um, The burnout just hit like like crazy. Um, But yeah, it has been in the works. Um, We've just been figuring out what we want to do and how to go about it, but that's all sorted now. Um, And yeah, I'm very, very pleased to welcome our very first guest back 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 into the hot seat once again, um, the lovely Claire Lads. How are you doing? Hi, Sam. It's absolutely brilliant <laughs> to be back again. I'm really, really pleased to be
1: here and to talk to you. Oh, I'm really, really excited. <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's kind of come full circle now. And that's, um, yeah, I, I think I'm really grateful for that because it's been, it's been really great. The first episode was really great, aside from the fact that obviously we were both nervous and it was the first one. Um, absolutely hopefully yeah. by now we've settled and to all of you listening you know it will be like a big old chat with a cup of tea or coffee or whatever um, that is the goal so yeah no it's really lovely having you back well I've got my cup of tea sitting here so yeah I'm <laughs> ready for it. I'm ready for a chat great go for it <laughs> yeah, so how, how have you been the past uh, couple episodes obviously because you know we've had different people on so what has your life looked like in between um, all of that Since I last spoke to you um,
1: on the podcast, I have released a book. I released Hers or Mine in May. It was a little bit delayed from what I wanted to to do with it. But yeah, it came out um, on the 23rd of May. And I am now working on another psychological suspense thriller, which I tentatively am planning on releasing in November, maybe early December. And um, so that that is what I'm working on currently. Oh, and a few really other things,
0: exciting. you know, a few other things as well. Actually, no, you've you've released you've released two books since we last spoke. Well, at least Have I really? at least. Have I? Yeah, you did. Um, uh, No deadlier time because we remember our, our first episode was like we recorded in January and that was still coming out. Um, so, yeah, you've done that and hers and mine.
1: Oh, goodness. I've, I'm trying to think the dates of when I release things now. I'm, I forget. I am I may well, I mean, in which case I may well, since recording the first episode, I may well have released the box set of, of the, the, the Darker Minds box set. And I'm just waiting to, I'm waiting for various technical things to happen. Um, and I'm just about to release the you No know, Deadlier Time paperback and hardbacks as well. So they, they should be out within the next within the next two or three weeks. So, yeah. So actually, yeah, there's quite a bit going on. Yeah, quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, more than I thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and um, I can say, having read both of those obviously you know which one my favorite is but yeah no deadlier time was really good um I did a whole review on Instagram did not expect the ending and then hers on mine absolutely flawed me like for days for weeks I'm still thinking about it (laughs) you still talk to me about it yeah all the time time. I (laughs) love it so
1: much so much (laughs) I was so pleased you enjoyed it I really really am everybody who's read it has said the same thing and I'm just delighted that I managed to to pull off what I pulled off in that book. Yeah, I don't honest. know how you did it, to be honest. I know you don't either, but yeah, it was brilliant. No, I did. When I, when I finished the book, I did look at it and go, I literally don't know how I managed to write this book. Because <laughs> it did get quite complex in terms of putting it together. You you know what I mean, because yeah. you read it. Yeah, um, But yeah, I did look at it and think, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I feel like that's all of us most of the time. <laughs> and talking of all of us, you, you have had some serious stuff going on in the publishing world yourself
0: yeah because yeah. you have released your <laughs>
1: first novel and yeah, it's sitting on my coffee there. table <laughs> yeah no traces out there and it's absolutely brilliant um, it, it's, the book is wonderful it's absolutely everything you could have hoped it oh, would be. I'm really
0: glad I'm really it's glad yeah. I love the characters I love the plot I love everything about oh, the book so glad yeah well I mean to be fair you were literally on that journey with me from the beginning with that one um yeah, it, was, More it was
1: exciting. It was a really exciting journey. Um, and I was extremely honoured. You have no idea how honoured and humbled <laughs> to find that you dedicated the book to me, which was just, it was just, I was just, honestly, it te- I was, I just teared up when I looked at the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I teared up writing it. So there we go. <laughs> oh, well, there we are then.
1: I <laughs> suppose us was in tears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, it's really weird to have it out there. Cause I mean, it's been what, three and a bit years. I, I keep forgetting how long it's taken because in, in the newsletter so I was like, it's been like two and something years. And on Instagram, I was like one and something. And then I look back and I'm like, actually, yeah, it's been three and a bit years. Yeah. It's easy to forget how long you spend with a project it's, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because it's like you you work on it, work on it, work on it, and then when you're done, you're kind of like, I forgot that I actually put so much time into it because it doesn't feel like it at the end. Yeah, completely. Yeah, well, the end. The, I, I completely get what you mean because the end is. I think I
1: don't know whether it's the same in um, traditional publishing in the same way, um, but certainly for for indie authors, it, everything, a lot of things happen at the end, just as you're you're gearing up to actually publish the book, and yeah, time then feels like a bit of a lie because these things just keep coming at you. And you completely forget how long you've spent gearing up to writing that book. You know, the things you do is prep work before you start writing. Yeah. And then the writing process itself, which may, depending on the writer, that may be something that happens really, really quickly for you. And you, you get it all down in one go. Or it might be something that takes a long, long time. And I'm I'm pretty sure I said on the, the first episode of the podcast that it took me 10 years to write my first novel. Yeah. Um, because I, it was a stop-start thing. Um, I kept changing things. I, I rewrote re- it from, I can't even remember how many different viewpoints and how many different tenses and <laughs> did all sorts of strange things with it. But you do that. Yeah, you try everything. Yeah, you do. You, you have do. to. And I ex- think. experimenting in that way means eventually you figure out which is the best person to tell the story or people sometimes, um, which is the best time frame to put it in, which is the best era to set it in. You find out so many things by experimenting early on and sometimes even when you're writing it um as you know I've said to you about hers or mine that there are there are characters in there that I didn't even know were going to be in the book <laughs> all yeah they surprised surprise you don't they, they? yeah they th- do that yeah yeah there was one in particular that really did surprise me I did not expect them to play such an integral part oh, well, in the book believe me they surprised
0: me too <laughs> I know they did <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, gosh. It's, yeah, it's really weird. It's weird, I think, being on the other side now, because when I started the podcast, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to put it out there, put it out there. And everyone's like, but when? And I'm like, I don't know, because I'm scared. And, you know, one of those things. And I don't feel it's ready. I don't feel that the characters are ready or the story is ready. And at some point, you kind of either get to the point where you're like, listen, this has to like just get on with it. Or the story tells you when it's done and for me after three years it was like okay I'm done now like you it's fine if you don't let it go now you're never gonna let it go yeah I Um, completely agree with that
1: stressful it it is stressful (laughs) but worth it yeah oh completely worth it absolutely worth it there's no better feeling than just saying to yourself I've published a book I did it I I wrote the story I wanted to write and I've put it out there for other people to read Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful
0: feeling yeah yeah it is. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so we're both been busy um in between uh, <laughs> episode 1. Um I've I've had a wonderful privilege of uh, being able to chat to our other former not former guests but previous episodes Absolutely. um guests in previous episodes wow <laughs> <laughs> all wonderful and, episodes um, yeah all brilliant love love every single person like so much yeah. everyone's contributed Absolutely. a great deal and um yeah and seeing as this is our, our final episode for series one it's been nothing but an honor to have everyone contribute um and add value in the way that they did like to me that was what this podcast was about and people were able to bring that to the podcast for me, which is really good and yeah like I said really glad to have you back for the final one at least for now um because it's kind of like I said it's come full circle and yeah just been I'm, I'm really 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 grateful to everyone who has put their time aside to actually come speak to me um, for an episode it's been great <laughs> oh, it's lovely to be back again Sam for the for the final episode um just very, very yeah well, for, now. for now for yes. now we'll be back yeah
1: yes. we'll be for back. <laughs> the final episode of season one
0: yes <laughs> so obviously in in episode one we spoke about um your journey as an author and and how you started and uh you know what what you initially started which was as we know short stories um but yeah so now the thing I've been sort of interested uh, to look at is sort of out contrasting experiences because obviously I still see myself as a new author um even though I've been writing for much longer like now I feel like I can officially say, okay, cool. Now we can actually start looking at, you know, where we've both been. Um, so, yeah. So what was what your journey? Uh, well, not really journey, but your experience, like sort of getting to this point. And I don't mean what you've written, but sort of how you've experienced your journey in terms of the industry and in terms of publishing and all of that. Um, because for me, it was really just like I'd been writing and then I just decided one day, okay, I'm actually going to do this for real now and I'm going to pursue it um, professionally.
1: I think in many ways mine was very very similar um I for a long 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 time I'm talking decades um I'd wanted to be a writer um and then a few years ago I it was it almost felt like an arbitrary date in my head I just went this is a date I'm going to say right I'm going to be a full-time writer and I'm just going to get on with it um And something must have clicked in my brain. I I don't really know. Um, But I had to get to grips with the business side of things as well as uh, the craft side of things. Because for me, craft has always come first. The writing of the stories, whatever those stories are, has always come first. And it's still first for me. It's first and foremost. It's the the priority. Because without that, there is no story. Simple as that. Um, But then... I had to seriously sit down and and make a list of all the things that I did need to know. And I don't mean things that people necessarily tell you you're supposed to do or supposed to know or you should do this, you should do, should do that, you know, whatever. But things that I knew for definite needed to be in place. Um, and I think uh, as I was writing, um, for, for the purposes of what we're talking about now, I um, the Darker Minds books were the first group of books that I'm going to um, class as my crime, stroke, suspense stories. So for those, I I had to had to work on the premise because I knew it was going to be a series, but that series was not going to be a character led series as many series are. Um, so there's a theme. There's a theme to the series which is. dark minds are at work, sometimes it takes a darker one to stop them. So I knew each book was going to be like that. But within each book, um, it's a separate story. The feeling might be different as well. So I I had to kind of plan that out. Um, And alongside that, so that that was the craft element and the story element. But I also knew that in order that anybody was likely to read my work at all, There were things that needed to be in place, such as um, a mailing list in order that I could communicate directly with people that were interested in what I was writing, Um, which then throws up other issues. Like, how do you get them on your mailing list? Okay, I need a reader magnet. So I need a free story or book um, to allow people to to, to be more interested in joining my email list. Um, So then I had to come up with a story for that. And um, I remember you um reading that I remember that was the first contact oh, yeah. we had
0: that was actually, um, it, it was not. it
1: literally was um yeah. and I, so that was what, so to some extent we can actually say that it worked yeah that, worked that part actually. of you
0: know thinking about it as a business that that worked because yeah you know I'm very grateful for that actually because if I hadn't done that we would not be where we are <laughs> no this is this is very true yeah we, we, we've had a lot of perks based oh, on yeah. the fact that I wrote a reader <laughs> magnet so that's, that's, that's pretty cool yeah.
1: <laughs> But then, from that, you know, so you know, the craft is going in one in on one side, and the the business stuff is going on the other. I've got the mailing list. Then I I had to get my head around things like cover design. That that was a massive thing for me because it is as as a new author, it's extremely difficult to get your head around. I've been doing this sort of stuff for years, and it was still really difficult because. For me, I always felt it was one of my weak points and to pin down what it was I wanted my books to say to me, because for me, I'm still my first reader. I'm still the person yeah. I write my work for because yeah, I yeah. like the kinds of books that I write. So therefore, mm-hmm. if they don't appeal to me, they're not going to, you know, I don't see them as appealing to somebody else who reads the same kind of stuff as me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of hard work to put in to figure out what kind of covers work, not just for what you think your books are going to be, what your series is or whatever, or but, but also for those people that are looking at that book for the first time as a thumbnail, as they're scrolling through on whichever site it is they buy their eBooks from, for instance, or the site that they might be looking at, the website that they're looking at to buy paperback. Um, obviously I'm talking you know, digital there, but the thumbnail is what you see first. And if that doesn't attract the reader in the genre that they're looking in, because readers, I think, don't work in the same way as writers do in a lot of respects. Re- yeah. Readers tend to read what they like. Writers yeah. tend to read what they like and a whole host of other stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And we yeah. don't
1: always have our reader brain on when we're analysing these things or certainly not at first when we, we don't realise that that's what we need to do. And we need to focus in on what are those readers actually looking for? Um, And I found that extremely difficult um, to try and channel what I liked um, and and cross-reference that with what readers might also like and what might stand out to attract them.
0: Yeah, it's a different way of thinking, isn't it? It is. You have to to put on different hats in, in order to... It's kind of like big picture. It's not necessarily oh, I'm doing this because I want to do it. Yes, you are, but you're also taking into consideration what your readers or your sort of audience would want. Absolutely, because
1: however good the book is, if you don't attract them in the first instance to even look to find out what it's about, yeah, they're gone. They've just scrolled by or they've walked past it in the bookshop. You know, they've walked past your spine of your book, What you know, however it works for them. And and yeah, they're gone. Um, And you may never ever see them again. And your book might have been, The best book for them but Mm. if you've not managed to attract them then then it's not because they're never going to find out and it's hard to remember that that's what you've got to do first and foremost when it comes to the business side of things you've got to attract your reader in and yeah, I I found that a massive learning curve to get that anywhere near how I thought it might work for me and my books so that that was a big a big part of my journey. Mm.
0: Yeah no that's, that's really interesting because I'm still I'm still kind of in the sort of I would say early stages of I've I've learned a lot over the past 3 years and that's yeah. definitely been thanks to, to speaking to people like you and Heath and mm-hmm. you know actually asking questions and not being afraid to ask questions because I think in the beginning as I said to to Graham um, on on our our previous episodes I almost felt scared to approach people and ask questions because I just felt like they were doing things that I wanted to do and that put me in another another camp entirely because I felt like I wasn't worthy of asking questions as as dumb as it sounds um I just felt like I can't actually approach these people and ask questions because they're just going to be like oh I don't have time for you or you know I'm doing this like you're not even close to that so leave me alone kind of thing um which is not true because our our entire circle of people that we have off the circle everyone's really lovely um but yeah I mean I was really scared um and I think when I finally got past that I was like you know what if I'm not gonna ask I'm never gonna know um yeah this helps so much I mean look at it's been like three years and I finally feel like okay cool like I actually I can speak to people um and again like like I've kept saying like my book would not be out if it weren't for you helping me through things that I had not even considered um like one of the biggest things was cover design I didn't realize and, and and again this was recent I mean this was like what two three months ago um, where I thought okay I'm actually okay now and then something else smacks you over the head because that's just part of like the new author journey absolutely and you don't know these things until you realize that there's something else that you didn't know and then
1: the easiest yeah. way to find an answer is by asking somebody who does and you are right it, Asking the author community feels like a massive thing when you've not done it before and when you're releasing your first book or even, I don't know, your third or fourth or fifth one sometimes. (laughs) But, you know, because there are people that have released 40 or 50 books and, you know, you're like, who am I to ask them anything? But people will help. Um, Yeah. I think it's the same as any walk of life. If you ask in the right way, you're not demanding information, you're asking for it. People are lovely. You know, authors are lovely people and they will help. With with pretty much any anything that you can throw at them, that will that will help you if they can.
0: Yeah, and if if they if that's something they don't know, I mean, I've had people go out of their ways to try and find an answer for me. Yeah, even though it was not something they directly knew, like they go ask someone else, and I get a message back saying, "Oh, I asked so and so," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you'd actually do that?" Like, you know, for me, it was it was a new thing. I was just like, "I can't believe people are being so supportive." But I think that's the great thing, um, you know, is, is having, and and this is a you know, something we'll, we'll speak about a bit later, but it's, it's a really good thing having a circle of people who you trust, um, who are on the same journey as you are. It doesn't matter how many books they have put out there, like we're all still learning. And I think that's the thing I've learned, um, ironically, is that we never stop learning.
1: Exactly. And I think that comes back to your point. I think when an author goes out of their way to find an answer for you, it's helping them as well as you, because it might be something yeah. that they, you know, if they didn't know the answer, it's like, oh, well, well, let's find out about that because you never know when I'm going to need it as well. Or somebody else I know will need it. And so yeah, it it comes full circle. They're helping you and they're also helping themselves find out more about their own business, which has got to be a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I we we don't ever stop learning because there's just there's something that someone else might have as a brand new author that you'd not really thought about. You know, like exactly. again, I'm I'm learning from all of you every day still. I'm just like, oh look, look how this person's done something. I mean, that's something I'd never thought about. Um that was with cover design that I really struggled, as you know, um, because... <laughs> we uh, all do. <laughs> <so it's>, yeah. <laughs> um, and I spoke to Meg about this on the previous episode, just in, in editorial uh, context, where we just said, like, it's really important to have a relationship with that person that you're working with so that they know what what they're sort of working with going in yeah. and you know what to expect going in. Um, and, yeah, with cover design, I really struggled more because I had no idea what I was doing I still don't but at least I'm I'm a little bit better now like I know what (laughs) to ask for um but I mean I didn't realize and it sounds really stupid but I mean these are things you don't know until you you know um was that oh I had to have my final page count like full thing formatted before I ordered a cover and before I settled on trim size because obviously your page count determines your um like well, yeah, your trim size, and if it's actually gonna well, not your trim size, but the final cover dimensions, if it's gonna work. I didn't know that, so I was freaking out, messaging you like, yeah, I don't know what I've done, I don't know what I've done. Like now I have to reorder a cover, and like I only have three weeks, and I was a mess.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you when you don't understand what <laughs> yeah. what how cover design works, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really baffling because you can get an ebook cover design, no problem. Um, A cover yeah, designer will there. know they'll know exactly what they're doing with that. There's, there's your ebook; it's flat. But, yeah, when you're looking at paperbacks and hardbacks and spiral bounds and whatever else, workbooks, it's different because, yeah, that thing wraps around your book. It wraps around all those pages. And, honestly, you don't think about it. You think, oh, well, I've got the front cover. I need something to put on the back. So, you know, I've got my blurb for the back. That's fine. They'll do my spine for me. That's going to have the title and then you know my name on it. That's okay. (laughs) And you send it and they're like, yeah, but how thick's the book? Because it makes a difference to the thickness of the spine and the the type of paper that you're deciding to use makes a difference. And what size is your book? Because the size of it makes a difference to how many words are on your page, which makes a difference to how many pages are in your book. And they need to know all this in order that they can create the spine for the paperback or hardback or whatever it is. Um, and there's so there's so much technical stuff that goes into it that when you've never done one before, you've no clue. You have no clue that you need all this information. And if you're trying to order your cover before you've gone onto to one of the sites where you can publish your book, we're, we're assuming self-publishing at this point, as opposed to traditional. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. applies to traditional publishing just as well. It's just that other people are doing that job instead of you doing it yourself. Um, and that they, obviously they have to deal with the same technical issues. Um, but until you've you've kind of gone into the, you know the the dashboard where you're trying to publish your book, you don't see all this stuff coming up. And if you just think you're going to just get your cover and you've not looked at all these things, and it you know it's asking you what what what's the page size and what kind of paper are you using and uh, do you need bleed on your pages? There's all this stuff where you're like what is what is this stuff? And you have no clue when you first look at
0: it. I mean you just panic. It's really bad. I mean, and I love, I love my design team so much. Excellent. Like, I can go on and on about them. They've just done such a great job, and they're so friendly. And, and this was like, bearing in mind, this is my third cover because the first two I'd rejected initially. Um, yes, it happens. Yeah. You know, yeah, oh, it does. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it does. And obviously, like i i don't know it was just it, it didn't like the relationship didn't click for me with the with previous design and that's okay because it works for some people yeah, it doesn't work for other people absolutely um and when i found my current design team i was like oh my gosh like this is amazing um and so she messages me back like after i'd uh, sent my my initial brief in, and she's like okay cool we can do this and this and this but what is the size of your book and what is the final page count? I'm like, oh my gosh, my book is still out with like my ARC team being read. I still need to edit it and I've gone and ordered a cover and I don't know what the final page count's gonna be. And I didn't think about it and I was like, Oh, right, Claire, help. <laughs> well, help, because I've done it myself. I did it with my first book.
1: I have no idea how big this book is, but can
0: you do me a cover? Like, luckily, I was two or three pages out, or, oh no, it was like 10 pages out or something when I actually got the cover and I finished my edits. And it was fine. It was fine. But, like, it could have gone the other way. And I think that's just, you know, those are things you learn, those are things you don't know. Um, because obviously, like, yes, you can ask people, but if you don't even know what to ask, it's not going to help um, until you've been there and you've done it. And that's fine. It's okay. It's absolutely okay to make mistakes. It's absolutely okay to be struggling with things because you'll get there.
1: exactly. And once you've done it, you you have much a much better idea of the kinds of questions you need to ask yourself yeah. next time and the information that you need to be able to impart to the designer or editor or whoever it is. You, you just have more of an idea. The more experience you've got, it's the same as any field, the more experience you've got, the more you know what you're doing, the more you know which questions to ask, the more you know which information you need. Um, yeah. And then your process streamlines itself, which helps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely does. I mean, this time around, I'll be like, I still may not be 100% on the brief. Like, I literally sketched out what I wanted on my cover because I didn't know how to explain it. <laughs> but that worked for you
1: and you got what you wanted. So, however, whatever works for you, simple as that. I think whatever works between you and your cover designer, wh- wh- whatever your relationship is, if, if it works and we, you know, when it works, you, you just get a feel and you, you just run with it. And then you're going to get the covers that you want. And the designer's going to be happy because they know what you want and, and it just works and it's,
0: it's all good. Yeah. Oh, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so how has, how has the industry changed since you started, or at least in your own experience, um, have you found that it has changed or has it sort of stayed the same? Oh, since I started, Sam, everything's changed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like a dinosaur. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I started, and I'm not joking, I mean, all submissions that you made to any publisher... Um, were, were postal Posted, you yeah. literally <laughs> printed everything off and you stuck it in an envelope with a stamped oh. address, self-addressed
0: envelope inside How
1: and about, listen there's
0: joy in that isn't there because oh, it
1: feels... yeah it was it was I mean I, I remember having um the desk that I know you know I hate Um, I've still got it yeah it's one. massive um I bought it because it was massive um and it has been useful sometimes um and I remember having publications because at the time I'm I was you know, writing a lot of short stories as you know and yeah. and I just had the envelopes all lined up and these things were going out like on some sort of I felt like I was in sort of working in the <laughs> post office the things were just going in these envelopes and the stamp address envelope oh. went in and they all went, I took them all to the post box and, and I just waited for the thunk through the, through the door, through the door, waiting for somebody to say, "No, I'm not interested in that one." <laughs> okay, 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 let's get a new envelope oh. out. Let's check to see if the script looks okay. Yeah, it's not tatty, right? Bung it back out again, and off it toddled again out into the oh. into the world and through the yeah, postal the whole system. Format
0: for that as well, yeah,
1: yes, it was double spaced yeah. A4 paper, Times New Roman, twelve point font. Yeah, yeah, it was very very specific, and I think the publishing industry. Um, traditional publishing industry still runs on that system and to be honest i don't have a problem with that at all i like read times the roman 12 point font i can read it it's really clear to read when it's printed out and i get completely why it's done that way um and it's, it's still what i do with my own um scripts when i'm reading things back to myself so so that yeah that that's changed dramatically as we know this you know you can submit pretty much to everywhere online not everywhere there are a few places that still will only take postal or maybe if it's international it will only take postal some some things work in that way but in general we can submit to publishers should we wish um online through various systems and then obviously since I started the advent of independent publishing has been a massive massive um disruptor to the whole publishing industry um I did not self-publish uh when it first started um I was a bit I was maybe about five six years further down the line um so I I didn't I didn't hit that gold rush of people um who published ebooks on platforms that we know um and you know they, they just put them up and made lots of money because there was nothing else out there like it. That you know, so. But this was such a phenomenon at the time that you know there were, there were people doing extremely well because the competition was so low because this, these these e-books just didn't exist in this way where you could just actually just buy them. You could just get hold of them and, and read them. Um, and then devices came out. You could actually get a device to read these things on. Like, <laughs> that was a big thing, you yeah. um, know. so yeah, so we had the advent of the 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 e-readers um for various stores, as we know. Um and beyond that there was the advent of um Kindle Limited with Amazon, which became a huge phenomenon in the uh, in the publishing world. Um and I'm not going to talk about the the pros and cons of authors being in Kindle <laughs> Unlimited or having their books on all stores. That's a completely separate thing. Yeah. Um, I I will say I have been one or the other at different times of my author yeah. publishing yeah. career. Um, so I have tried both. I've I've done various things with regard to that. Uh, but the, just the ebook explosion in general has been a massive change in in the way people read um, and the way authors can get their books into the hands of, of readers um, and following on from that then the the popularity of audio I mean audio is you know it's been there since the radio was invented yeah we know that's always been a thing but for books um audio books has been a, a massive explosion and I I absolutely don't care how somebody consumes story I, I don't mind whether they're reading a paperback or a hardback, whether they're listening to the story, whether they're reading it in, on an ebook, I, I, I don't mind what they're doing. The story is the thing. It's, it's the most important thing. So it's great that all these different formats and mediums exist so that people can consume in whichever way they, they prefer. Um, I would say the other thing that's changed quite massively in recent times uh, with regard to authors, for sure, is the um, – the way that independent authors are adopting the idea of selling direct to their readers.
0: Yeah. So not yeah. just through the stores, yeah. you know,
1: we, you know, lots of people who read eBooks will know that, you know, you can buy them through many, many um, eBook retailers. Um, but lots of authors are choosing to sell via their own websites or via some other way, which links to their own website. But they, th- these authors are, Drawing the readers to their own real estate, their own author real estate, to their website, to buy from them um, and bypassing those retailers. It's becoming um, a bigger thing within the author community. Um, and, yeah, that, that's got to be one of the biggest things of note for me, for sure, um, that authors are doing in the industry since I've started. Well, I say that since I started, I can think of authors um, that always used to sell direct to people, but probably not in the same way and probably not in the same streamlined way as it's being done now. We've always had authors selling direct to the public, you know, in person at events or maybe via somebody they know who owned a, um, a shop. Um, you know, if you think back to the, the Bloomsbury set of the 1920s. 30s oh yeah um, you know some of those were publishing they were literally printing their own books and selling them through some various um, retailers shops on their own however it is they were selling them um, so I think in some respects some of this has come full circle um, and and authors of have, have regaining um, and just taking ownership of the way that they are selling books and how they are choosing to To sell their work, be it um, ebook or um, a print copy or audio, um, and again, it's just an, it's another brilliant um, aspect of of being an author. You can choose how you want to get your work into the hands of people who want to read it in whichever format they wish to to read your work. There's so many choices for both authors and for readers um so it's massively changed since I started Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's a good thing though because I mean the only constant is change absolutely yeah you know and I think yeah and obviously in some aspects it's, it's not been the best but you can learn from that as well, and you yeah. learn what not to do. Because I think with everything available now, with so many different things available to us, um, especially as as indie authors, I was going to say publishers, um, <laughs> especially as indie authors. Oh, we're publishers as well. Certainly, you and I yeah, are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it can often, and I felt this as well. Um, you know, when when I started, I felt it was really overwhelming. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what all of this means. You know. Do I enroll in KU or do I not? And we've obviously we've had lengthy discussions about mm-hmm. this by ourselves. Yep. But <laughs> um, you know, what what's the right option? And I think the truth is that the right option is what works for you. Yes, absolutely.
1: Couldn't agree more. You've because got to want to do it, whichever the option is that you choose, yeah. you've got to be happy
0: with that decision. Exactly. And and that's okay because each of us, like we're on our own path and we're on our own sort of journey yep. um, as authors and whatever works for you works for you. But I think it is worth it in the beginning, not necessarily throwing money at everything, but giving everything a try to the best of your ability to kind of figure out what it is, what the thing is that works for you is because I think in the beginning like like I said it's really overwhelming you don't know what to do you don't know what works you've never done it you're kind of sometimes you pick an author and you're just like oh I'm going to follow what they're doing because I think that's right um and it's taken me three years to like be like oh this is what I want to do and I'm, I'm still figuring it out obviously but yeah I think it's really worth it in the beginning having a look at everything looking at traditional publishing looking at self-publishing figuring out figuring out sorry what your goal is and where you want to be and ultimately why you're doing what you're doing and it keeps coming back to the why I think for me as well because if you're not if you know what your why is that kind of determines your trajectory and like where you want to go
1: I completely agree um my why is my is the thing I go to first and foremost if I can't figure out why I'm doing something then I actually cross I've started now crossing it off my list of things to do Um, because if I'm just doing it randomly because somebody said I should well what what does that mean for me I don't know why why should I be doing it and if I can't figure out why I should be doing it why waste time on it and and people do tell you lots of things um as an author for both from the writing community and from you know other sides because they're they're trying Mm. to help um hopefully most of the time um (laughs) some some people yeah um Maybe in your family, may 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 they maybe just don't get it, or you know they, they're trying to protect you, and that's understandable if you've got somebody who's trying to protect you from getting hurt by doing something they they can't understand why you would be doing. Um, but ultimately, you kind of have to figure these things out for yourself as a writer, uh, and it's the same as what you're writing as well. Um, I I've tried very i've probably written in most genres all except and these are just off the top of my head all except westerns and sci-fi because i just i don't know where to i haven't got a clue where to start with a western and (laughs) um, sci-fi for me it does not appeal to me as a writer um so I'm, i'm just not going to touch it because i i know i couldn't do a good job of that because i genuinely don't know what to do with it and I don't want to learn how to write sci-fi because it doesn't interest me enough. That doesn't mean I I don't have respect for sci-fi writers or know, yeah because I do. And yeah. I do what, well, you know, I watch them and sometimes I'll read a bit of sci-fi. It depends on what it is. But it's not what I'm into. And for me, when I came to writing, I wanted to write what made sense to me, what I enjoyed and take my writing from there. So, yeah i think when you start there's always an element of emulation um because you have writers that you really enjoy um people you know authors that you look at. Like, Guy, i really want to be like them um and that i kind of think that's often where where you start um some writers will decide by looking at what's selling really well you know if they've never written anything and they're really not too worried what they're going to write they just know they want to write they might look at what's selling well and go, well, I'll, I'll give that a go. Let's, let's see if I can write that. But again, it comes back to what you mentioned a, a minute ago about experimenting and experimenting with what might work for you. Because sometimes you try writing in a genre and it absolutely fails. It just, you, <laughs> whatever you write just does not work for you. You can't make the plot work. The characters don't seem right. Literally at a craft level, it just doesn't work for you. Um so I probably shouldn't have used the word "fail." It's a learning curve. You decided yeah. that actually you learned that that's not for you, and so you try something else. Um, and occasionally you happen to hit on the thing first go, or you just know what it is you want to write, and that's where you you focus your energies. Um, by the same token, that doesn't mean that you have to write the same thing throughout your entire author career. It is okay to change what you do. It's okay to pivot to a different genre um it's okay to write under a different name if that is what you want to do you can write under a pen name should you choose to for yeah, am, whatever kind reason of. yeah exactly kind of. <laughs> I, I have done in the past there have been yeah. me uh, the last few months i've been thinking about whether i should separate various subgenres of what i do into variants of my name um i think i've decided not to because i didn't want to complicate Lots of other things as well, um, but but all these all these ideas are absolutely valid, and it's whatever works for you in your situation. And there is no right or wrong answer because the only right answer is the one that is best for you as the author.
0: Yeah, it's. I think yeah, it just comes down to personal preference, and again, coming back to your goals and sort of ultimately what you want to get out of it. Um, which, again, goes back to the why. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: um, it does. Yeah, straight back to the why, yeah.
0: But, I mean, were there any things, you know, speaking about um, things that, you know, people said you must do? or and, and I think we find this especially, yes, we may still find that now, but I think we choose to ignore it because we know what we want. But I think in the beginning when you're still new to it, and I don't mean new to writing in your genre, but new to writing in general, um, you know, people tell you things and you sort of take that as gospel. You're like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And if I don't do this way, I'm gonna fail. Um so were there any things for you that, you know, as a new author, things that people told you to do or things that you sort of watch someone else doing and thought that this was it, this is what you're supposed to do? I I yeah, I can think of a few. Um one of the
1: <laughs> I think when once you start taking writing seriously, I don't know how to use that word because Professionally,
0: people, I guess prof- I don't know. Yeah,
1: people yeah, I'm not quite sure how to term it, but because Obviously, you you can be writing for 40 years and never publish a thing. and That doesn't mean you're not taking it seriously. Of course you are. Um, When it comes to publishing um, and thinking about how you want to develop that, um, one of the biggest things that always comes up is you must write in a series. It comes up all of the time. Uh, We have had many a discussion about this, have we not? (laughs) I'm not calling you out about it. I absolutely (laughs) promise. But you you do get voices um, in the community that say you must write in a series, and they say it with absolutely the best intentions, A, because it's worked for them, um, and they are are doing extremely well in writing a series. Um, It might be that somebody said it because they see other people who are doing extremely well at writing in a series. for me personally, and this is purely a personal point of view, um, I am struggling, and you know I am struggling to write in a series. And when I'm talking about this kind of series, I'm talking about a character-led series or yeah. one that is yeah. set in um, a certain place. And I know a lot of romance authors do this. They'll set it in a certain place and different characters will have different stories and they will be the books in the series. Um I think in our sort of crime genre and they're all thereabouts it's it's offshoots we're talking more character led series in general um I I've struggled with this from the beginning and it's almost to the point where I've dig my heels in and I just go no I'm not doing it (laughs) I don't care what you say I'm not doing it you know what I'm like about this (laughs) yeah Um, and I, I I really do have a problem I have two series in mind Um, at the moment and they're just playing around in the back of my mind one comes to the forefront and then I can't decide what to do with it and it sinks back again and it keeps coming back so because it keeps rising in my my thoughts I know it will come out eventually I'm just not ready for it yet um for me, I yeah, you know, I can't I, wait. No, for I, I know you can't wait. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple. There, there's also one as you as you know that is based on a place as opposed to characters. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, again, wait. that yeah, they're, they're they're there. They'll come out eventually. Um, they will. Yeah, yeah, give them time. <laughs> but for me, I I don't know. It's obviously the way my brain works. I I like to write the book and that's it i've written the book and then I'm, yeah and then that one's gone and i just want to write another book and i just want to create another story with a whole male character a whole load of other characters <laughs> um and i just can't get my brain to train itself into the whole series idea i have nothing please don't get me wrong i have nothing against series at all i read series i've yeah. i've read agatha christie since the age of 10 and i've read every single poirot book there is a going um, and I'll watch every single film. You know this, and probably everybody who's ever had any contact with me probably knows this <laughs> know. um, yeah. And there are, there are lots of series on my shelves as I look around this room. there I've got series of all sorts of different um, crime books, um, and I love them. But for some reason, my brain just goes, no, you're not writing one of those right now. Um, That's okay. Though. And so That's it's okay. okay. I've just come to terms yeah. I've absolutely made my peace with that. I have got lots of stories um, that, that are in various stages of production that are all standalone books um but it is one of those big debates within the author community about you know you must write in a series versus no it's okay you can write standalone books um i will say from a business perspective it can be it isn't always but it can be harder to get um traction from a readership um with with individual standalone books because you know once they've read that book where else is there for them to go there is nowhere else for them to go in terms of character but having said that once you've written more than one book you have got somewhere else to send them you've written another book and they may well like that one it just because it's not a series with a character in it and it's a different book with a different set of characters and a different story doesn't mean they won't like it um your job as the author is then to actually channel them towards having a look at it. You can't you can't make their decision about whether they're going to buy it, but you can't in a series either. Somebody could read the first book and then go, No, I'm not interested anymore. So it's just it's just as easy to lose a reader in a series as well, because they may or may not like it. We don't know. You know, we don't know.
0: Yeah, there's there's one one series in particular that I won't mention, but it's been running for, I don't know. I say running as if it's a TV show but I mean you know <laughs> it will be in it's, your mind Sam I oh, know you, yeah, you. Yeah, it yeah it's been running for years um but yeah no it's just oh there's one series in particular that is very popular but I just after like the first book I'm just like eh, I kind of eh, you know mm. I want I want something else now like I'm bored not bored but I just feel like this character's been pushed to their limit and i'm over it yeah it does um, happen which is fine it yeah. happens and then there's another series i absolutely cannot get enough of so it depends absolutely it's the way it goes and i do know people that will i see a lot of it in in various
1: um social media groups that i uh i mean um the readers will say you know i've been reading this series but i just want to take a break from it at the moment can you yeah, recommend a standalone absolutely. but i just want to read something different that's just a book on its own and that's fine so people do read both different kinds of books um and your job as the writer is to write the best book you can and yeah, exactly. that is the book yeah. you put out there for readers to find and you that really is your job to write the story that's in your head in your heart in your soul you write that book you put it out there and then and then it becomes the reader's book you've you've done your bit and they will either like it or they won't and you really can't control what a reader thinks about your work. You can control how good it looks and whether it's got a million and one spelling mistakes in it or whether it hasn't. You can control whether you formatted it so it looks nice on the page. Those are the things you can control if you're an indie publisher. If not, and you are traditionally published, your publisher will do will be doing those jobs um, and they will do a, a fantastic job of it but those are the things that you can control once it hits the shelves virtual or real it's completely out of your hands
0: mm.
1: in terms mm. of the the story itself and you've just got to let it do its thing um yes in terms of business you can you know advertise you can push the book towards people you cannot make them read it and you cannot make them like it all you can do is write the next one or choose not to if you only ever wanted to write one book it's you know it's your it's your author choice you do what you want um but that that's that's what we can control as authors they are they are controllables beyond that the reader chooses what they want to do with that book and you can only hope that they're going to love it
0: and i mean i can say on on that point that yes you write right standalones i've enjoyed every single one of them um I know you do kind of have a series, like your Darker Mind series. I, mm. I would say that's a series, even though it's different characters. I still sort of class that as a series. Um, the one, though, and I'm going to say it, the one that I would <laughs> love to see more of, as you know, <laughs> is yes. hers of Mind. I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to come up. I'm way too invested. I've made a Pinterest board. I've made a video. Like, I just want more. Oh, good great. Okay, come on, Blair. Okay, so what I
1: will say about that um is that um, I'm going to try not to give away anything in this book at all. um Because yeah, yeah, it's hard it's, for me to do. I, I know it's hard for you I'm to do, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try really hard not to. So, what do we have? We have three main characters. Um, there are three main characters interested. who are all equally yeah they've all got they've, they've all got oh, issues let's call it that yeah they do yeah um, and and then we have a a large part playing side character mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: and mm-hmm. A, a more I would say a, a not so um I would say not so important is it he doesn't play such. A, he's, he's not so prominent yeah uh, but side he's character.
0: He... He flawed me, so to yeah. be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. So, yeah.
1: So, I, from, it's really difficult without giving spoilers away in this book because it's, yeah, it's very, very twisted. Um, there are characters
0: who are still there at the end, which <laughs> is really difficult to talk about. Um, who You have characters that have potential. Yeah, basically, it's difficult. not a book
1: where everybody yeah. dies. Yeah, it's, it's fine. There are yeah. people left at the end. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a close call sometimes. Um, yeah, quite. <laughs> but there are some of those characters certainly have the potential to have yeah. a story beyond that book. Mm-hmm. And I also believe there is a character in that book that has a story. In fact, there are probably two characters in that book that has a story <laughs> maybe even three oh cracky. um <laughs> that have a story that could come before that book that this yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah 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 I want that I want yeah, that I know you want
0: that so <laughs> I want all of it so maybe maybe I might write those <laughs> listen Claire by the time I'm 30 please <laughs> you've got you've got what three years <laughs> I'll do my
1: best. <laughs> the thing is that you say this and we're talking as me we're talking about, you know, you must write in a series and you must do this and, you know, stand and whatever. But every time I write a book, I keep coming up with these characters and I go, do you know what? They've, they've got a great story to be told that happened before this book even happened. Yeah, um, I know you've not read it yet, but in Show Me Dead is for me. Oh, I'm
0: guessing on that. This I know week, you are. don't worry. <laughs>
1: oh, please don't worry. Don't worry. Um, I'm still reading yours. You know I am. Um, no, but fine. There, there are there are characters in in Show Me Dead that absolutely have more to offer beyond just the book. Show Me Dead. Um, the villain, in particular, has a backstory that is definitely a book in and of itself um and it ties in with the the main character to some extent as well or the uh the mother of the the main character so there is definitely definitely a book there um and because the people are still alive at the end of that one as well um because, oh, wow! Because, yeah, shock. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, Don't faint! Yeah, no, no, actually, somebody's still left. Um, because of who is left at the end of that one, and I'm really being careful because I know you've not read this one yet. Um, there are, I think, stories to be told beyond um, what happens in that by the end of that book, because that book is set in a theatre, and there are there are people who. Performing that theatre, having to be so careful, this non-spoiler thing, Um, who are um, not dead by the end and could (laughs) could potentially go on to do other things. So, yeah, I know
0: what you mean. I know what you mean. So I see
1: kind of what I seem to be doing is creating these standalone books
0: that have it, potential that
1: then have potential to have spin-offs around them I know, I know you keep telling me this so they're kind of <laughs> in a line In if you look at the Darker Minds books they're kind of in a series by theme and then around each one it's like they've got their own little circle that then could have spin-offs um, so I don't know maybe I'm creating a weird way of my own to create, I don't
0: know strange spin-off series I don't know, I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes <laughs> Yeah, that's all of us, to be fair. I told you, we need to start like a t-shirt line. With like, yeah, I, don't know I have what what no idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I always find it really interesting, like talking to you, as you know, we've had very lengthy discussions about we're kind of on different sides of the fence, but in the same field, <laughs> essentially. Um you know, where for me writing series like it's easy for me because as you know, I've got one character that won't will not leave me alone. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I do, she doesn't shut up. Yeah, um, trying to work on something else now, and she's like, "But, but look at me! I'm in the corner, like hello." <laughs> um, and I think yeah, for me when when I get a character like that, I know that it's more than one book because it's a kind of it's too much to fit into one book. So I know I have to kind of split it up. Yeah. Um, I would struggle to write standalones, which is why, as you know, I've had such an issue writing a novella or, like that short thing that I put out in January. That's turned into a series. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's just I can't I see I do one thing and then I'm like, Oh, but what if? And the what if always gets me into trouble and then ten books down the line I'm like yeah. sorry, oops. <laughs> so. yeah. Which is why I find it so fascinating talking to you, Sam, yeah. because
1: of the fact that you are dealing with this character led series and you just keep bringing up these what- ifs and they keep adding to your story arc for your character so for me what because you know for me it's always about what what you feel inside you how you should be working and not yeah, necessarily yeah. about what somebody says you should or shouldn't be doing um yeah I mean there, there are I don't want to use the word should but there are certain things that certainly are beneficial from a business yeah, okay, point of yeah. view you know having a mailing list is an excellent idea in order for you to be able to keep in direct contact with your readers, for instance. But there are yeah. no there are no real there are no real shoulds at all because you 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 plan and create your author journey in the way you want to create it. It's as simple as that.
0: I think the only should would be if it works for you, you should do it. Oh yeah, that makes sense. You that, that works do for me. Works for you. Yeah and that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'll add to that if you want to. Yeah, if you <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah Yeah, I mean like we change like the weather don't we it's like one day we're doing this and the next day I'm like oh but this thing's bothering me let me do that (laughs) it's just how it is and you embrace it as part of the process but also know when to have deadlines for yourself and boundaries for yourself
1: yes I think deadlines and boundaries are a thing in and of themselves as well um particularly if you're (laughs) trying to if you're somebody who is um aiming to publish um, and if you're aiming to publish on a regular basis, with, whether that's with a, I mean, if you're with a publisher, they're going to give you arbitrary deadlines. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's fine. When you're um, an indie publisher, it's a, it's different because it's all on you. You've got to choose what your deadlines are if you want them. Um, mm. They're movable. Um, there are things that occasionally you can do as an indie author where they're not quite so movable. Um and that usually is something like um, making your book uh, a pre-order on um, <laughs> on retailers, <laughs> and <laughs> then finding that actually that was a really daft idea yeah. <laughs> because you've not written it yet, and you're never going to write it by the time oh. that your book comes out. <laughs> um, and then there there are things that you can do about that. There are there are workarounds, um, mm. but yeah, it's you really have to think long and hard about some of the decisions that you make when it, when it comes to deadlines and making them arbitrary. Um, yeah, I I would certainly advise anybody who is thinking about, uh, pre making a pre order on a book, um, and choosing that date and hitting the, the button that actually sends a pre order live so that people can pre order it to think very, very carefully about whether you're going to be ready to release that book by release date. Um, I mean, some authors and I absolutely admire them because I don't know how they do it. They will, they will be releasing books really, really quickly. Um, they obviously they, they write exceedingly quickly, um, and their books always come out bang on time. And these books are just going and going and going, and it's 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 flabbergasting to watch. I, I I am not that kind of writer. I freely admit it. Those that are brilliant, it works for them. Great. There are other authors who will put a book out on pre order you know, a year in advance. Um, and I've thought about this so many times. Oh, you know, it works for them. It absolutely works for them. Um, they've got such a system in place where they know exactly what they're writing in what month, and that book is going to be ready and it's up and it's, it's gone for the deadline. Um, uh, my concern for me would be that I would forget that I, <laughs> not forget that I put the book up, but forget that I actually need to write the thing. Um, because <laughs> yeah. I would get distracted by a different book and and then I'd get to, you know, a few weeks before that book's due out and I think, hang on a minute, I haven't started it yet. Um, and so I've refrained from release, from putting a pre-order of a book up um, massively in the distance because I want to keep control of my deadlines. Um, I have made the mistake in the past of um, making a book on pre-order and then not being able to fulfil the deadline. Um, it upset me greatly. I did um, manage to come up with a workaround for that. With the um, the stores that I put the pre order up with, um, and that was great. They were they were very very understanding and very very lovely, and the problem got solved. But for me, that was very much a once bitten twice twice shy kind of thing, um, and I am very very careful now what, about my deadlines and about when I choose to announce when I'm going to release a book. Um, because things do do happen. Things don't always work out to plan. Sometimes you think you're going to get your first draft done in X amount of weeks and it takes double that amount of time or longer. Um, and you, you don't always know until that book is written, until you've got that first draft of a book. Um, and I find certainly with the, the things I write, because sometimes they get a bit complicated um, in terms <laughs> of the suspense and the, the, just the structure of the book, at, 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 at a purely craft level, I'm trying to filter these things in, and sometimes I get very. It, it takes me a bit longer than I would have liked to make sure that they all work and all the strands work in the right place, and the twists all happen and make mm-hmm. and make sense as well. They make sense to me, but they need to make sense to somebody else. Or, yeah,
0: that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of kind of
1: useful for the reader as well to know what on earth's going on. Um, and so that sometimes can take longer. So therefore, that first draft might take double the length of time that i planned on it being. Um, I now, I have promised certain people in my life who, who I love very, very much that I will <laughs> not um, put a book up on pre-order until after I have definitely <laughs> written the first draft. I'll say the first draft, the first clean draft. So I know that it's it, really, it's now just going, it's going through the editing process and then it, it needs proofreading and formatting. So the story needs to be complete is what I'm saying um, before I will even contemplate putting a book on pre-order because the stress of trying to get that book out to a deadline when things aren't going right with the book is just too much for me to bear. I've, yeah, I've been there. I've done it. I don't like it. So I'm not doing that anymore. It was it was a lesson learned for me specifically that um, I, I I don't want to have to learn that lesson again. Mm.
0: And I think like it <laughs> it really is it's just one of those things. I think either you can do it or you know you need to really think about it because some people just do it. And they do not you know they they everything's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do think with us specifically knowing how we both write, I think it is difficult because often. Yes, you can say, okay, I'm going to put this thing on pre-order for whenever and I'm halfway through the book. So much can change character-wise or plot-wise or whatever. Like in between that time, or even like the admin stuff, like the formatting and all of that stuff. But I often find like if a character wants to change direction, they're going to do it after I've put the thing up for pre-order because then I'm screwed. Yeah, that. Yes, yeah, a little bit of a problem when you have then got to rip the yeah. book apart and start chunks <laughs> of
1: it again, and it totally yeah. delays what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's that. That's yeah. That's definitely a thing. And it does happen. And, you know, with me, I I write out of order as well. So sometimes I I don't know. I know it drives you mad at the thought of it. But I I, I write out of order just because it helps me get the words down quicker. It stresses me out. And this is the thing with with writers. that We all do it differently. And there is no right or wrong way. It's literally the way that works for you is the way that you you need to be doing it. I need to be doing it. This is the way you choose to do it. Um, Because, yeah, I would absolutely. I've tried to write in the way that you do, where every, you just write literally, linearly, no, everything's in order, <laughs> and I can't do it. I just can't, like, yeah. I get about five chapters in, and I get bored. <laughs> Sounds dreadful. <laughs> yeah, it's story. story, I love my yeah, story. I I'm so yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> I, I have to go to the bits that I've already pictured in my head, and I've absolutely no, got that. them. I could, can, I could. I'm driving you mad. I'm sorry. (laughs) I literally picture certain scenes and I'm like, yeah, I I need to write that and I will write that. And then I will, they will get joined. And by the time the things get joined together, um, the the, the bits that I've already written, I will then be thinking very much with the bits Sad. I could just write bits of things all over the place. Um, I will be joining them together very much with a structure view in mind where I will have had my fun writing these, these scenes that I'm really invested in. And they they will usually be the scenes that are full of conflict. And that may be not necessarily physical conflict, but um, either emotional or psychological conflict, psychological in particular with the kind of books that I write. Um, or they could be, could be a really emotional scene. Um, I'm usually very invested with those. And as you know, with me, I will always write the end first. So, the fir- yeah. first thing will be the end. Yeah, that
0: stresses me out. And, bit,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always the end. And it rarely changes. I mean, an odd word or two might change, but the ending, once I fix that ending, that stays for the entire book. It, it will not change. And then I'm making that book, not make the book fit the ending. I'm making the book move from where I want that book to start to, to that the ending. ending. Yeah. It's literally mm-hmm. finding its pathway to the destination that I've already preset um and it's just how i work uh i do know i do know other authors that do the same and I, I i did hear about an author that actually writes their books backwards i cannot remember who it is um and if that works for them then great i i've never i've never tried it um and i don't know if i ever will but I mean, because i start at the end you know, maybe it would work for me i don't know um but you know it's whatever works for you and whatever works for the story sometimes the story dictates how the book is written that because I know I've I've spoken before to um friends of mine who write police procedurals and they tend to write very linearly because of the way that clues need to be set and various bits of procedure need to come into play and writing out of order just would for them it would make no sense and that the yeah and so I completely understand yeah I completely get why certain types of books um maybe need to be written in more of a linear way it doesn't mean that you couldn't leave gaps for certain things but
0: that being said actually then like one of my my other friends um who well yeah we had a a whole discussion about how we work as well and he he said that (laughs) he just kind of goes in he's like he has a basic idea but then he just jumps in like now it's different when he started he kind of just jumped in now he's got like separate files for each thing or each character whatever but in the beginning he just jumped in I'm just like that stresses me out even more because you don't even have an outline <laughs> yeah
1: I, I don't completely pants it I have to admit um I, yeah I, that's oh. I'm not a full-on plotter either I don't I, I've tried sitting there and and writing out line by line yeah this happens and this happens and this happens literally just a, a kind of a script for the plot and yeah. like, I can't I, I can't I get, I get all antsy and bored and I don't know, I start to twitch and make six million cups of tea and go out for a walk and then just delete the document so I don't work like that. At all. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes wonder how I get any worse down on a page at all. I don't know why. I do. Um but I I feel it. I feel the book. I completely feel it. Um yeah. and mm. I, I have to work I don't know, I don't know how many authors write like that. I, I just I feel the story, and I I feel the characters, and that that is how the book comes about. It, it's but every book I write, regardless of series, standalone, whatever, it's character driven and led very much by the emotions and psychology of the characters. That that's what leads the story. Um, and sometimes I know at the beginning a beginning bit of the story, and sometimes I know something further down. And the sub bits I write and it will all come together eventually. Um, by the same token, I don't completely pant a book. I will know what I want to write because with writing something like psychological suspense um, type books, there, there are there's a structure that still needs to be adhered to in order for the story structure to work um, from a reader perspective. Um, and so I tend to work in, I work in a five act structure. Um, the fifth act mainly being, um, the very, very end stroke epilogue of the story. So I've, I've got, um, I I, guess in essence, split my story into quarters plus the ending. Um, and That It works for me. For these particular kinds of books, that works for me. So I know that by the time I've got to the the end of the first quarter, there will be some kind of twist and or revelation that leads into the second quarter of the book. By then, there will be a midpoint where something major enough happens that is either a big twist or leads the characters to do something either dreadful or that leads them to do something that's quite important to the book um in in the between the the halfway point and the three-quarter way point often there'll be a twist and something that's that's revealed that leads them the chaos to happen um the the third quarter is t- it tends to be um chaotic in terms of action Chaotic is probably not the right word but that's where <laughs> the bulk of the action it sounds like i don't know what i'm talking about again there's a surprise um that's where a lot of my action happens in terms of really moving the plot. Before that, a lot of it might have been quite psychological. Things happen that you know things do move, but um, more things happen in the beyond the halfway point, and then the, the that three quarter way point will have some massive um, tweak to the story that then leads to the complete fallout that is Act Four. and if you think to any of the stuff that you've read of mine, you'll kind of know what I mean, so.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely do. And again, like I said, it's really interesting hearing the the difference and I know we've spoken about this many, many times, but um, I think in a sense we are quite similar because when i get an idea for something it's never at the beginning it's always a scene or a piece of dialogue or mm, whatever yeah um or it's from a song and then i start listening to music and i'm like oh i'm getting this scene in my head or whatever like i, I also feel it and i feel the characters as yeah, well yeah um and it shows but, it shows in your book it, really it, does. <laughs> it, does. it does you can really tell it, it's just beautiful characters Oh, really glad yeah wait 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 for book two you might not feel the same about them <laughs> I will I will they're going to be
1: beautifully written regardless Sam whether, right, or, okay, whether yeah, I love them or hate sense. them irrelevant but they'll still be beautifully written I, I can I love a beautifully written villain so that's absolutely fine I've got no problem with that
0: okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay fair enough yeah <laughs> um but yeah I think we are similar in that sense where you know we'll get those initial ideas down wherever they may be in the book or in my case in the series like I can get an idea for book six and it's I'm on book one so um and it's just organizing those thoughts and figuring out where you want them on the timeline kind of thing um but then like where you said you've got like your structure I have a similar thing in terms of like and I've shown you in my outlines I have like every five chapters I have an incident or something interesting not to say the chapters in between are not interesting but I have like a key I call them like key plot points Mm. so for every five chapters I've got something happening like I don't know someone died someone this someone that um I don't know where that came from I think for me it's kind of I'm almost taking a personal tv writing approach in the sense of like if you watch an episode if it doesn't grip you yes from the beginning but also it needs to keep your attention right throughout you're just going to switch off um and I think crime writing in a sense is quite similar because if you're switched off while reading you're just going to put the book down <laughs> absolutely and I can definitely vouch for the fact that something major happens and in
1: chapter five of no trace does it I don't remember yeah, but yeah I, cool. do. <laughs> I do I remember and it's funny because I know you mentioned about the, this this um, every five chapter thing to me and I've got yeah. that in mind as I'm reading your book because I am reading it kind of with a writerly head on as well as really loving the book and I'm like and I, I knew obviously what the the first thing was going to be in yeah in your book and yeah. I was like I had to look back and I sort of flicked through, back through the pages and thought, yeah, it was. It was chapter five. There we go. Yeah,
0: she's done it. As works, long it works. It works. It absolutely works. It was perfect. Perfectly placed. And that's how I do my outlines. I will have like a 60 chapter outline or whatever, maybe depending on the length of the book. Um, and every five chapters, I will start by filling in those key points and then i'll flesh out the outline from there so it is an order i obviously i write an order but then sometimes the outline changes as i write and yeah. i think that's just everyone with everything Absolutely. in terms of writing yeah it never it's never what you initially planned no not at all not which even, is interesting yeah <laughs> i've i find i think with i'm trying to think i think every
1: single one of the darker minds books i've done so far and definitely with hers or mine um not the very, very, the, the very, very ending has stayed the same because I'm I'm a real lover of epilogues. I love prologues and I love my epilogues. But the chapter or maybe a couple of chapters preceding that, so literally the end of the main story, they're the bits where sometimes I've absolutely not known quite what's how the book's going to end. No Deadlier Time was definitely one of those. And um, I've said to you before, hers or mine, I really did not know I w- what was going to happen at the end. I was as invested in that as a reader. While I was writing it, as I was doing it, I I just wasn't sure quite how that was going to pan out. The thing is, obviously, I knew what we, I knew who needed to be around at the end because I'd already written the epilogue. I'm trying to be careful what I say. Yeah, but then you plot twisted yourself. Let's be honest. I I did. I, I plot twisted and then twisted that twist. I think to be honest, and yeah, you by did. The end That's that why oh, yeah.
0: I can't. We we need. I'm just gonna say like we do need an episode to talk about that because I can't shut up <laughs> about it. Like I taught your ear off about it anyway, but I want everyone else to be in on that conversation because it was really good. <laughs> i'm so pleased that you love that book so that that book book is something else (laughs) it felt like it when i was writing it as well i can tell you yeah i'm thinking like i want to do fan art i want a poster on the wall oh goodness one of of those (laughs) start thinking it was extremely complex. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, it was. And it really was. And I think you know what the the beauty of it. Yes, we will have separate episodes. Sorry, I just need to say this. But the beauty of it was that um <laughs> was that I never knew who signed to be on at any given time where where my loyalties um were. And I think that is if you can pull that off. That. Mm, well done Claire. <laughs> Thank you very much and it's really interesting because my mum's my, my reading it at the moment
1: and as a rule she doesn't read um, crime fiction of, of any subgenre. but she's loving it every every single one of these sort of suspense books I've written she, she's absolutely loved every single one and she's reading this one and it's really weird she'll ring me up and she'll say exactly the same things about it as you've said to me if you were reading <laughs> that. but is this person
0: doing this oh I don't like that person anymore oh no I like them again oh actually no I don't I don't trust that person oh actually they're not so bad (laughs) i sent you like a full essay as i was reading on WhatsApp. i'm just like oh my gosh and you're like what and i'm like i don't know i haven't gotten there yet but oh my gosh (laughs) it was it was really (laughs) funny to to watch your messages coming yeah
1: because yeah you really were flitting between who it was that you liked and who you didn't like who you trusted or not it was it was fun it was real fun
0: i mean don't get me wrong obviously i love all your other books but this one hit me in a different way I don't know how to explain it, it was just read a it, please <laughs> it's very good oh,
1: and definitely go by no trace uh, everybody it is superb if you <laughs> if you love police procedurals honestly it is the characters are absolutely wonderful and you are going to get emotionally invested in them I,
0: I, I don't know how well my research came out but yeah sorry Graham I tried <laughs> Sam this is you
1: your research
0: yeah. is absolutely it's brilliant I hope so. it, it is <laughs> it is because you're so conscientious yeah i'm way too stressed about it way too stressed now i'm a bit more i'm a bit more relaxed when i started i was like oh my gosh what am i doing <laughs> yeah, but it, it, i think it, that's it's all the paid bus- off
1: well, yeah i think so i think everybody who starts yeah we all we yeah. all stress about some element of it whether it's the writing whether it's how to actually put a book together how to yeah, get it out yeah, in the world where is. do we put it who do we send it out to who are we trying to aim it at there's so many things that we we can worry about um and we do worry about it. Yeah, and it's about... actually
0: not really necessary. Some some things are not really necessary. Uh, no, some things we worry about more than we need to. Too much. We, yeah. we to... overthink
1: it. Yeah, we do overthink. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Certainly <laughs> you and I do. We know we do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're sending each other messages like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this working? Yes, it's
1: fine.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> you're actually stressing.
1: And it, you don't have to be a first-time author to have yeah. those
0: sorts of conversations, as you know, when I send you stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's why, and, and that's actually coming into our next point is having a community of people who you can trust and who you can yeah. talk to about things. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think the thing that, that really hit me when I really started engaging with people, which now it's, it's a lot easier. And I think knowing that we're all on the same boat, essentially, we're all stressed about things. We all don't have the perfect run the first yeah. time round um, or even the 20th, you know, it, it keeps going. We keep learning.
1: Absolutely. Things can go wrong at any point um and 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 they they do do. Um, you know we just (laughs) learn from it or we just go oops and and carry on it's fine it all works out it's okay it's okay to make mistakes
0: it is okay oh it definitely is it is like we call it a work we call it failing forward because you're learning you know it's never backwards um but yeah I think you know I, I think the biggest thing I learned was that we don't need to isolate ourselves and I think when we start out that's something we think about you know we think that you know because no one else gets it at least in our personal lives I think you know most of the time you know we feel like no one else understands what we're doing we need to isolate ourselves and I do think that that's not the case at all like we do writing as a solitary thing but sharing what we're doing and being part of a community doesn't have to be
1: no absolutely I mean when it comes down to actually writing um it's absolutely possible to write and not talk to anybody else while you're doing it, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, lots yeah. of authors will um, speak to other people as they're writing, asking questions about things. Um. I think, particularly in our genre, people do it because they want to get that bit of police procedural correct or, you know, um, a yeah. setting correcting it. You know, I don't know, would that lamppost really bend if somebody was was ramming it with a car? I don't, Yeah. You know, whatever those things are. Um, And they want to get those facts right as they're writing um, or ahead of time. And that's fine. Um, But you're still writing on your own. Um, Some people will sit in a room completely on their own with no noise. They, They literally can't bear a sound while they're writing. That's fine. Some people love writing to music. But they're still on their own. That's fine. Some people love writing in um, more public places like libraries or cafes or, or wherever it is they go and, and sit in the park. I a few weeks ago, I went and sat in the park and uh, and plonked myself down on a bench and sat there and had a cuddle with somebody's dog and, and then carried on writing my book. <laughs> it was very nice. I enjoyed it. Um, and the dog is now featured in Shabby. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I don't know if a particular dog's in a book yet, but you never know. Um, but, you know, this is... This is how we actually write. You know, we may we may be in a room on our own yeah. or we may be in a room with lots of other people. We may have kids running around. I mean when I first started writing I had children literally running around me while I was <laughs> writing and I would often find that I was I was working with my laptop at the side of the cooker, um, and did a lot of mm. lot of writing while I was literally cooking somebody's food. Um and it's just it's just how I worked. It just, just got on with it. Um but that's how we actually do it at a technical level. That's how we're writing. But when it comes to more of a an emotional level, I guess, um, we don't necessarily need to isolate ourselves from a community if, unless we want to. If we prefer not to speak to other people about things, that's absolutely our prerogative. But having other people who we can call upon just to, even if it's just to commiserate because you knew you wanted to write X number of words today and you've managed to write three because the computer decided to update and then it's still doing it six hours later, or, you know, people just kept turning up, like visitors kept appearing. It was like, no, this writing's not happening. But, you know, and you really wanted to get it done, but you just need somebody to just say, this isn't working. And it's fine. And, and that's okay. We're, you know, having people around us who can do that for us is really, really important. And those people could be, Anything. There could be just say just, just one other writer. I, I mean, just in terms of numbers, yeah. there not just because you're a writer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or it could be an organised community of um, author. You know, authors who have some sort of business whereby they they uh, gather together authors. It could be yeah. um, events that you go to in order to talk to other people. There, there are so many ways it, you could be part of a, a writing community whether that is just you and one other person or lots of you. Um, and it comes down to the individual. Um, but I don't know. Certain things work for certain people is what I'm saying. Um, and you find the thing that works for you. You find the, the community, however big or, or, or small that is, that works for you. Um, mm. And they can help you in so many ways, whether it's finding out information on how to – just how to write you know the craft of writing where we appoint you in directions that you've not looked at before or how to actually create the book itself to get it into all into readers hands or or whether it is having a great day and you want somebody to celebrate with or whether it is something that's happened and you kind of just want to vent or have them commiserate with you um those those feelings are all important to us because we're not little machines that just sit and write words. That's the typing aspect. That's what, that's what your computer or your typewriter or whatever it is you do. That's, that's what it does. It just creates words on the screen for you. You're the, you're the element in this whole writing lark that feels and, and you need to be able to do that. You need to have somebody who you can do that with um, because I mean you can do it on your own, but it, it It does help if you've got somebody else who understands what you're trying to do and how it may work sometimes and not work so well another time. Um, And to just just be there with you through the process. It's it's just a lovely feeling. And you can create some amazing friendships
0: oh yeah oh yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> we definitely know we that some, don't we? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean yeah it's true it's helped me so much like I said this book wouldn't be here if it weren't for you know the, the number of people that I actually spoke to not for professional advice but just for like am I is this the right thing should I actually be doing this or should I give up no um, <laughs> no you shouldn't give up <laughs> But you know, in the beginning, you have all those feelings and those thoughts. I think even now, even now, like yeah, it's a whole separate episode. But you know, we we do get days where we think, should should we be doing this? Like, are we good enough? And yeah, like you know, that's why you need people around you to be like, listen. <laughs> I think you should keep going. So yeah, no, really, is is it's really really useful. And again, and I keep coming back to it, but it's true. Is like we we learn things from each other. It Doesn't matter how long you've been in the business or not. There's always something to be learned. And I think that's really, really valuable. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, Everybody's always learning something because,
1: as you said earlier, the only uh, constant in this whole writing business, and particularly if you're looking at it from a business point of view, is change. And somebody will always know that little bit more about something than you do. Um, and if they can help you, then fantastic. And this author community, as I've said before, is they're just willing to bend over backwards to help somebody who they genuinely see is is having a problem and
0: and they just need help Mm. yeah exactly so on that note um I know that you know there are things that when we both started out actually ended up being extremely valuable and things that we've sort of held on to i know i have um so is there any sort of bit of advice or anything that you've you've learned um along the way or that someone's told you that's kind of stuck with you
1: i think there are two things and these are not specifically um author business things these just apply to anybody who is writing or wants to write whether they want to publish their own work or um send it to a publisher or never ever um publish their work at all, it's absolutely fine. Um, but the two things mm-hmm. are very much to take your time and try not to do all of the things. Don't pressurize yourself with things that aren't mm-hmm. maybe necessary at the time that you're doing them. You don't need to learn about I don't know formatting your book when you've only written the first sentence of a short story. It's not important at that point. What's important is that you figure out. Your story, you figure out your characters, and you you keep learning about craft, and and you write the story that you want to write that that story that is that belongs to you and nobody else can write. That's the important thing at that point. Um, so take your time mm-hmm. and and learn learn the craft, learn your processes, learn how you work, learn what you want. And I think that's a that's a massive thing to remember because. There is so much advice and particularly if you're looking at actually going in, you know, into the publishing world, publishing books yourself or or sending it out to publishers. So many people tell you so many things. There are lots of voices saying you should do this, should do that, whatever. And you listen to it all because you're trying to get ahead of the game for yourself. You're trying to get ahead of where you are um, to be prepared for what's going to come next. But then it becomes very, very overwhelming. And so a second part to this this first um, uh, answer is that don't try and do all of the things because you will just completely overwhelm yourself and just focus on one thing at a time, understand what you're doing with one thing and then move on to another thing. Um, As you become more experienced at it, as you do it more often or you just get to grips with your own process – you can do multiple things at once, or probably not literally at once, but you know you, you can have you can have lots of balls juggling. But at first, don't try and juggle all the balls in the air because they'll all drop. Just just focus on getting your story into the best position. Well, just into the best position you can get it in to start with, and then build up on the other things in order to get your story out there. Um, and the other thing I would say is, and this is something that I have learned through bitter experience, is to follow your instincts um, for what it is you want to write. Um, because over the years, I've had um, people, individuals, tell me to to write something because that's what they want me to write. And, okay, I've done it, but it's, it's not had any longevity about it because, okay, I might have been relatively good at it or even maybe very good at it I don't know but it's not something that has been in my heart of hearts so I've dropped it along the wayside um the experience of doing it has been fine but it's still not something that has has gripped me I have written for commercial purposes pieces of work because they fit a particular remit um and not not as a journalist or something like that because obviously that that is their job they they write what they have to write by a deadline and that that that's part and parcel of of that kind of job but when you're um a freelance fiction author um and you're looking for places to submit your work you there are remits for things sometimes those remits just don't work for you um And sometimes you try them just to see if they do. And when when you've not written anything to a particular formula or for a particular um, magazine or or whatever it is, to a particular style, you don't know. Um, And you can try it if you want to. But I found that there were certain things that I had to stop doing because they just did not bring me joy. Um, And the writing suffered. I, I felt that the writing suffered because I was writing to a formula. Um, please don't get me wrong in this, anybody, because I don't mean that writing to a formula isn't something you should do. We, in genre fiction, tropes exist for a reason. There are things that readers expect, um, and we, as, as genre writers, they're the things that they're looking for, so that is what we're, we're, we're doing. Um, what I mean is that these pieces of work were written to be in a particular way, and I wasn't finding it fulfilling at all. Um, In fact, it made me extremely miserable, and in the end I had to stop doing it, Um, which meant I actually took a break from writing altogether for a little while um, because it it made me so miserable. So what I would say is write, definitely follow your instincts in terms of finding that thing that you love writing, and it could well be the thing that you love reading. It may not be, but more often than not, it probably is the thing either you love reading or the thing you enjoy watching on television or it's in your life in some way, in a big way. Um, and don't let anybody persuade you um, of anything else, because you know what your instincts are about what you enjoy um, and what you want to do with your work. It applies to you what you want to do with your work as well, because people will say, you oh, know, you should send it to this publisher or oh, you should publish it yourself or what do you want to publish it at all for? Go find a proper job all these things that people say to you do what feels right for you um and if I'd done that a long time ago um I probably would have felt a lot better about myself as a writer over the last best part of 20 years
0: yeah no that is true and I think for me, it's very similar. It's just you know, one of them is is just be be yourself, being true to yourself as 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 an author, or sort of what you want to do. I think that that is the best advice I've gotten. And the other thing, a really big thing that that stood out to me and that I struggled to sort of hold on to for the longest time was just that it's okay if you're not where you think you're supposed to be yet, because it will come. Yeah, yeah. Because the word "yet" is
1: important completely, and it's okay to change your mind. If something if something doesn't work for you, it's okay to change your mind. No one says that if you've decided you're going to write, I don't know, horror suspense, that is what you've got to do for the rest of your life. You can write police procedurals or westerns. apparently I can't yeah. write, but yeah, um, <laughs> but you can. If that's what you want to do, you can change your mind and you can you can alter the trajectory of not only the the craft and the kinds of stories you write but your author career. You can choose to stop
0: if that is what you want to do. It's entirely your choice. You're the writer. You choose. Yeah. And it's, it's all good advice. And I think, yeah, if, if you're doing what you want to do, like it's, it's no one else's business, whether you stop or not, like it's it's up to what you want to do. And if it's not working, it's not working. If it is, it is like, you know, do whatever works for you. And I think that's where I don't want to say you will get the rest, best results, but at least you'll you'll know that what you're doing is ultimately exactly what you wanted to do and and that will be good. Absolutely. You'll be authentic to yourself and you will
1: be making yourself happy. Yeah. And to me, that that is the most important thing about writing, yeah. the joy of doing it. Because if, if you are not finding any joy in it, for me certainly, I don't want to yeah, do it. Exactly. And if I'm not finding any joy, I won't yeah. do it. It's as simple as that so you'll always know if I'm not enjoying writing because I literally won't publish anything ever again <laughs> yeah, <I'm
0: okay. laughs> that's how you'll know Sam. <laughs> yeah I doubt I doubt that will happen but yeah because I'm waiting I'm waiting I'm waiting for a sequel <laughs> I know <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah thank you so much it was really lovely having you back um yeah and, and here's to many more um because we are not done we are just taking a break um I think it is that time of year where everyone's just crashed and burned I've definitely crashed and burned so <laughs> yeah uh, I,
1: I've had a summer like it I I as you know I don't like the summer um yeah. in, <laughs> here in the UK I, I just I just don't like the summer anywhere It just wouldn't matter where I was um yeah <laughs> I, I struggle in the summer um so yeah I've had a little bit of a break myself
0: yeah, no, it's good. It is good. And yeah, so we'll, we'll have a break. We're going to be planning what's coming next. Obviously, we're not going to stop entirely, but we will stop uh, for now, at least we'll stop recording or doing live episodes, but we will get there again. We'll pick up for season two. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much to every single person who has joined us um, along this journey. It's been crazy. I can't believe that we're actually yeah we're actually we're wrapped for season one it's it's insane but i'm really really grateful everyone's been amazing um and yeah stay tuned for the next one i will be updating as soon as we can but yeah as always thank you claire and uh, yeah you know where to find us so uh...
1: thank you very very much sam for having me yet again it's been brilliant as i knew it would be